Who are you? Where am I? Oh, I'm Herod, former king of Judea. I've come here to tell you about what you Christians call Christmas. Maybe you would wonder why on earth I would ever do such a thing as that. Frankly, I would do anything to escape for a few moments the hideous scalding to which I have been subject for the past 2,000 years. Now, my name is Herod and it means the hero. I don't feel much like one today. But I was in a long line of political rulers. My father Antipas and my grandfather Antipater were sovereign rulers also. And finally, Caesar Augustus raised me to the position of king over Judea, primarily because he liked the fact that I was good in raising tribute. I could always find money somewhere among the Jews who attempted to hide everything they could from the Romans, scoundrels that they were, but I could find some money there, and Herod was a fundraiser, if nothing else. Well, I was exalted to the throne of Judea, and although my reputation is largely evil, you need to know that that was not the only thing. I was a gifted builder. If you were to go to the land of Israel, you would find the indications of my building works even today. You would find in Bethlehem the building that is now called Herodian, and you would go to Masada, and that represented another one of my buildings, and Machaerus, and, and various places I had built palaces for myself, with Jewish tribute, of course. And so I was king, and it was in the year 754 AUC, the year of the founding of the city of Rome, that I was having a rare good day in Jerusalem. I was already suffering from the loathsome disease of which I would eventually die, admittedly contracted through my own immorality, but Nevertheless, almost every day was a punishing day. And on this day, I remember that for some reason, I, I felt better when I got up in the morning and the day had moved along fairly well and now it was five o'clock in the afternoon and I was planning to attend a banquet that night and for once enjoy my time there. And then suddenly there came in a messenger and the messenger said, there is a caravan that has come from the east. It is a large caravan and, and there are three men with the caravan that are 
apparently men who are priest kings and, and they appear to have wealth and they appear to have brought gifts. And when the mention of wealth and gifts was made, I immediately gave it my full attention. I said, bring them in and I want to meet them immediately. One may, must have stayed with the caravan because only two of them came in. And when they came in, I said, what do you come here for? And they said, to my astonishment, we have come to see the little prince that has been born, the king of the Jews. We have come to see him here. Are those Jews plotting against me again? Are they about to try to take away my throne before I even die? How dare they do such a thing as that? I was so angry, I had to leave the room for a few moments and regain my composure. And when I came back, I said, why did you come here to Jerusalem about this newborn prince? And they said, we learned from the Jewish books in our own land that this prince was to be born and there appeared a star that we could not account for. And we looked at the books of our fathers and there was no indication that a star ever appeared in that particular location. And, and we did not know what to in, interpret it as first, but then we remembered the Jewish promise of a Messiah, they called him a Messiah that would be born. And so we assume that it must be your son and we have come here to Jerusalem to worship him. I knew nothing of the birth of any son. Certainly they looked a little strangely at me because I was now 66 years old and not likely the father of such a prince. But I knew of the prophecy, there was always some prophet standing in the streets of Jerusalem or maybe in the temple complex that I had built with my own expertise and he would be standing out there saying to all of the people, look, the Messiah is coming. It is only a matter of time and Messiah will come and will save his people. And the people always listened to those strange prophets. They seemed so ridiculous to me, but to the people, they held out hope. And so I thought I had best find out where this king was to be born. There was one group of people I knew that would know. We call them the scribes, and we call them the scribes because they busily copied the law of God, they said. And they copied it again and again and again. They knew every part of the law. And I said, I would normally never even speak to those scribes, but bring them in. I have a question for them. Soon they brought those scandalous men in and I said to them, where is the Messiah to be born? And they said, oh King, everybody knows that. He is to be born in Bethlehem 
For so said Micah the prophet, stop quoting that book to me. I don't want to hear that book. I don't want to hear anything about it. Just tell me where it is. And they repeated again in Bethlehem. Well, everybody knew where Bethlehem was, only about six miles to the south of my castle there in Jerusalem. And, and, and so I turned back to the men who had come from the east and I said, look, it will not be difficult to find him in Bethlehem. Bethlehem is a small village. What I want you to do is to go there and when you have seen this little newborn prince, as you call him, I want you to come back and tell me what you have found that I too may go there and worship him. Now you understand I had no intention of worshiping him. If I had killed Miriamne, my wife, the only person that I ever really loved because she was a Hasmonean and I didn't trust her after I eliminated the rest of the Hasmonean family and so you understand, I had to kill her. There was no other choice. And then my two sons, Aristobulus and Alexander, were no longer trustworthy as a result of that. And so I arranged to have first one and then the other killed also. And that's why Herod Augustus made that statement about me that you may have heard, that it was better to be Herod's we are, who's, than to be as we us. Better to be his hog than to be his sons. <laughs> I had to do it. I had no choice. But if I hated Aristobulus and Alexander, I hated that little newborn prince even more. If I could get my hands around his neck, so help me, I would eliminate all possible claimants to the throne of Judea. And I watched as the caravan made its way south to Jerusalem. I hoped that they would return, but the days went by and the hours passed on and those wise men, as you call it, never came back. I was left with the knowledge of the fact that the newborn prince was doing fine somewhere in Bethlehem. And I decided that I would have to take the matter into my own hand. I would kill him. I called my finest legion of soldiers in and I addressed the captain of that guard and told him, you are to go to Bethlehem. You are to find every child two years of age and under. Why did I set that time? because that's when the wise men said they had seen the star in the east. And so I assumed that that must have been the time of his birth. And if I got all the children two years of age, the little boys two years of age and under, and I killed them, then I would know that I had the prince that was born to take my throne. My Roman soldier looked at me and said, Sir, never one time in my life 
have I drawn my sword in order to take the life of someone who was totally innocent? Much less to take the life of a little baby. Sir, I cannot do what you have asked me to do. Cowards, I will not put up with cowards. If the king gives an order, it is to be carried out. And I spoke with such harshness to him that he turned away in fear and took his soldiers and mounted up and went to Bethlehem. I took care to go into my inner chamber. I had the doors shut because I knew that before long Jerusalem would be alive with the wailing of the parents and, and the friends of those little babies who were killed in Bethlehem. There were only 11 little babies there who were little boy babies that were less than two years old, but all 11 of them were taken out and, and I could not hide no matter what I did. Soon the lamentation of the mothers and daddies in Bethlehem uh, swarmed into Jerusalem and all of Jerusalem was in an uproar. Finally, late that night, I lay down to sleep, and I couldn't sleep. All I could hear was the wail of a baby, and then a choking sound, and then no sound at all. And it happened again, and again, and again. The plots against me began to intensify. It was not long after that that this disease that I had became so intolerable that I could not make appearances in public. And the first thing you know, I was obviously on my deathbed. I knew that I was dying, and I knew that everybody in Jerusalem would rejoice the moment I was dead. How could I see to it that everyone would weep at the time of my death? On the morning that I knew I was close to the end, I called my centurion once again, and I said, you were to take 50 of the Jewish elders and take them into the Hippodrome. And when you get them into the Hippodrome, keep them there for a moment until you hear that I've died. And the moment you hear that I've died, draw your swords and slash their throats so that weeping will be had at the time of my death. Would you believe that the moment word came that I died, the centurion released them all and there was rejoicing all over Jerusalem and I suddenly woke up in the place that you Christians call hell. And for the past 2,021 years, I have roasted in this place called hell. And all the time, every day, it is worse than anything I ever experienced on earth. I thought my earthly pilgrimage with this disease was terrible. It was paradise concerned to this, compared to this place called hell. 
to which I've been confined for over 2,000 years. There are only two thoughts that ever cross my mind in hell. The first one is the Christmas you remember. I can never get out of my mind the coming of those men from the east. I could have gone with them. I could have accompanied them to Bethlehem. And I could have knelt with them before the king of the Jews, that little prince born in Bethlehem. I could have knelt there and I could have joined them in giving gifts to him. I could have welcomed him to the world and it might have changed my life and it might have been that I wouldn't have come to this place and I cannot get that memory out of my mind. Just when I think I've got it out of my mind, I hear the sobbing of babies. I cannot get rid of it. You say, what about the fire in hell? Yes, it's terrible, but that's not what gets to me. It's that I can never, ever, ever get out of my mind the cries and the sobs of those babies. And I have pled a thousand times with the God of this universe, will you just quiet the babies? But forever I hear them sobbing and choking and no sound. I don't know what you do about Christmas. You may be as greedy as I was. You may be concerned only about yourself. And it may never occur to you just how significant that day was. It was a day to end all days if I'd only known. It would never be another time when God would become incarnate and would visit us here. And if I'd only known, if I'd only known, but now I must go back to hell forever. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what Herod would say if he could visit us, but that might be his story. Certainly it would be something like that. We have an opportunity at Christmas to reverse what the world has done and what Herod did and put Christ, the incarnate Son of God, where he ought to be. God help us to do it.